We are holding in Tanya in the Hebrew English on the bottom of the page is 215. And on the top it's Noah. It's Nun Ches. I didn't I didn't turn to it. It must have been. <laughs> that, well, that's it. So this is your page again. So on the bottom of the page is page 215. On the top is page Nun Ches. And we are holding about six lines from the bottom or seven lines from the bottom of the page. The line starts with the word Afi, which stands for Afilu, middle of the line, Ve'esekatora. And here he says an interesting concept. He says, we know that there's the concept of Mesiras Nefesh, that a person, um, there's a mitzvah in the Torah, if, if you know, push comes to shove, if we need that a Yid should be willing even to give his life for the basics of Yiddishkeit, you know, not uh, idolatry and so on, the three cardinal mitzvahs, and that's something that, uh, unfortunately, in our history, we've been tested with, and the Jewish people, by and large, would give their lives not to disconnect from Hashem. But that's an extreme situation. We don't look for that, and we don't hope for that. And uh, Baruch Hashem, in today's world, that's a lot less common that we should have to deal with it. I mean, we don't have today, whether it was uh, you know the communists or the uh, Inquisition or wherever it was, or the uh, Crusaders. You know, Baruch Hashem, we've come a long way. However, he says that really to do Torah mitzvahs properly is, is really a concept of Mesiris Nefesh. Just doing it right. Just doing teramisis in a way is like Mesiris Nefesh. And why is that? And he approaches it from a very unique angle here. And he says the following. The involvement in Torah study and performance of mitzvahs and to daven properly is really also a form of giving one's life for Hashem just like when the neshama, when the soul leaves the body at the end of a lifetime, and he says the end of 70 years, because in, um, in you know biblical form, 70 years is considered a lifetime. The Pasuk says, what's the Pasuk? Shivim Shana, it's in Yeshe Beseser. Yemeshno Seinu Behem Shivim Shana, a man's yeah, lifetime, we, a lifespan of 70 years. So we say that, but then we say 120 is like what we wish people. It's more like a bracha type, right. And 80 is exceedingly old. In the, yeah, and that's, yeah. I think in the same in the Gemara, Gemara uh, yeah, right, so like in that passage, in shama, right? If a person has strength, then it makes it to eighty. But it's interesting because, like, when you give the bracha to one hundred and twenty, you're almost like guarantee, you're almost like guaranteeing the person that they're gonna have like a ton of suffering. Because, like, you know, usually when you're old like that, you're just you're going through a lot. No, I think when you get that kind of old, like, if you get that old, yeah, like there. Kind believe, of, believe me, they're still happy usually, to be alive. Usually, like, they're good to go until they're, like, really not. And they're just, like, usually, like, your metabolism is so slow at that point. Exactly. Whatever it is a person needs, Hashem's bracha. It's, you know, to have a long life is a bracha. And to be able to be healthy and to be able to enjoy it and appreciate it is a second bracha. And they're both they're both important brachas. That's uh, no, no doubt. And as we know, many people can be much younger than that and not be living a good life. So um, we ask Hashem both for a long life and there should be a fruitful life and a happy life. With and so on. Anyhow, but the point is, he says here, that what happens after a person dies, after 70 years or 80 years or 90 years or 100 years, whatever it is, when a person dies, what happens basically is the soul leaves the body, and then it's just involved in soul things, not body things, right? Once the soul leaves the body, so the body ceases to be an issue. It's not looking for bodily feelings or pleasures or hot or cold or anything else. Ella... So, so he's, what he says here is like this. When a person davens properly or learns Sarah properly, what should you be doing then? 
just be fully focused on my davening or my Torah or my mitzvah and not be thinking about the various physical needs that we have. Right now is the time to focus in, in spirituality. So what if you're davening for that problem? What if you're davening for good health or for parnasa or things that are physical? So that's a good point. That's a good point. But when we're davening, it should be with a spiritual bent. So I'm davening for good health and in order to be a more spiritual person, a better person, fulfill the mission of this world. Yeah, so while you're davening, that's the spiritual... Right. So yeah. I'm not davening because right now I'm you know, thinking about lunch and I want to have good food, so I'm giving me good lunch. Right? That would be a very, very overly simplistic davening. Now, health is in order to operate as a person and fulfill my mission in this world is something else. But really, davening is a time when I am connecting to the spiritual, connecting to Hashem. When I'm learning Torah, I should be devoted to my Torah, not involved in thinking about everything else, which is obviously a struggle. It's not easy for to shift our minds into that gear. But real davening, real learning is, and real doing a mitzvah, is to be totally focused. As he says, Machshafta miyuchedes umulubeshes ba'isiyes ha-Torah v'atfilah. So what happens when a person passes away? The neshama goes up to heaven, and the neshama is totally involved in Torah and tefillah, the words of Hashem, Hashem's wisdom, the soul becomes one with the Torah and Tefillah. And that is what a neshama does in Gan Eden, as it says in the last line. This is the entire involvement of neshamas of souls in Gan Eden. As written in the Gemara, described in the Zohar. So what's, what's going on in Gan Eden really is that the soul has left the body and is totally enveloped in spirituality. Says Tanya, well, that's really what, he, what I'm doing when I'm davening. Just like after a person passes away, basically I'm leaving the body and just you know being with Hashem and Gan Eden, when a person learns Torah or davens or doesn't miss her properly, at that point in time, I'm, I'm divorcing myself, so to speak, from my bodily needs and desires and so on, and I'm focusing, and I'm enveloping myself in something spiritual, in a spiritual experience. The difference is, in Gan Eden, we enjoy that. In Gan Eden, that's our, the entire enjoyment of the soul, as he says on the top line of the next page, El Shasham, over there in Gan Eden, misangim basagosam. There they have tainug, they have pleasure, the souls. From their understanding, viskalalusam, and their inclusion, ba'ir Hashem, in the light of Hashem. So when it comes to enjoyment, in Gan Eden is where we appreciate it more. But the concept that while we're davening and learning, we're really doing the same thing as what happens after a person passes away, he says, that's why every mitzvah done well, every davening done well, every learning done well, is a form of Mitzvah Okay. Now, yeah, as he really says... No, not because I'm not wanting, because what's essentially happening is that when I'm davening, I'm divorcing myself from everything else and and focusing on ruchnis, on the spirituality, which is focusing on soul over body, which is what death so is. is. It, is it, are you saying this is, but is this only related to learning and davening or all the mitzvahs? Mitzvahs, all mitzvahs. But I'm saying, but, much, but isn't the, sort of the, the purpose of our existence in this plane to... Um, actualize or manifest the Kedusha in, in a physical way. Correct. And we can take the, take the Kedusha and lift up the... And the, 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 lift, up, lift up the world in general. That's correct. But the way we do that, interestingly, is by not focusing on the physical but on the spiritual. By focusing on the spiritual, we have the ability to make the physical also holy. Now, a Yid is here in this world to make this world a better place. But how does he do that? 
by remaining above the world, so to speak, by not becoming totally invested in, in, uh, in the physicality of this world. So I retain a spiritual being, and I study Torah, and I do mitzvahs, and through that I bring the ruchnis, the spirituality, into the world around me. So there's like a dual message over here. <laughs> Excited about the Tanya. Okay, I'm fine. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So then he says, like, he says, on the second line from the top, this is why the Chachamim instituted in the beginning of the brachas that we say in the morning, before davening. This is one of the very first brachas we say every day. We say, right? We say, Hashem, the neshama that you gave back to me. We say this right in the morning, right after we say, we wake up, the first bracha that a Jew says in the morning, really, is Al-Nutilas Yudayim. But Modani is not a bracha. Modani is just uh, thanking Hashem for being. Then we say the Asher Yatsar, which is thanking Hashem for our giving us a body, giving us health. And then Elokayim Neshama, we thank Him for our soul. For the soul that came back in the morning. By the way, did you say the Asher Yatsar again if you already went to the bathroom and said it? No. So in the middle of the night, you got up, right? No, middle of the night, no, something else. In the morning. If in the morning, you well, say, morning, say, don't say it again. But if but you, you woke up, if you woke up in the middle night, you went to the bathroom, and you went back to sleep. That, then it's then you, it's old, old, old news. Then you say it again when you wake up. Even right. if you don't go to the bathroom. Correct. All right. Correct. We don't say it like that when we get to the to the to davening. Like in the sur, like in the shama. Like in the shama, she must after being tahora heat. Yeah, we say we say that it's part part of the brachas shachar. Part of birchas shachar. Okay. Oh, so I thought you were saying you say like when you get up. No, I'm not saying how soon you say when you get up. Um, my point is, it's one of the first brachas of the day. Right. Whenever you start saying your brachas. Oh, it's not like you say it right after Asher Yatzer. No. Wherever you are. Doesn't matter. Uh, no, that may no. about it in a different custom. And, and Asher Yatzer, when do you say? So, so people, I happen to say it at, uh, when I go to the bathroom, but a lot of people do it in the shul with everything. Right. right. Well, so in, I don't. were you down in the shul? Do they say all the brachas out loud? No. They don't. No. Sparden do that, no. Many do, many don't. For, they say they start at Asher Nasan Lasachuyna And but all those brachos they say they, out they loud. Say out they right. do out loud. But, but, the, but the initial stuff before that they don't say. They out loud. don't. Got right. It. Okay. Okay. See, by in Chabad in Nusachari we won't say any brachos out loud. Well, all the brachas we say at home first thing after we get dressed and we say and the brachas. So you say all of those. All at of home. the brachas all at home, right? And then we come to shul and we start with karbanos and whatever. So you do karbanos and then like Baruch Shemar. Right. Hold the Baruch Shemar. Right. So everything's so silent until Baruch Shemar. Basically. Right? Correct. So everything's silent until... Basically. Oh, that's yeah. 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 But there are similarities between religions. There are. <laughs> kind of. There's some stuff. Anyway, so he says like this. He says, This is why the Chachamim instituted. In saying the Birch HaShachar before davening, we say, We thank Hashem for the soul. And then we say, You blew it into me. And then we say, Va'ata asid litlami many. And ultimately, you're going to take this away from me. So and that's interesting. Every morning, we thank Hashem for giving me the soul. And we say, you, you, you blew it into me, and you gave it to me, and you're going to take it away from me. We go through the whole system. So first thing in the morning, we're already talking about that, that he's taking it. He says, why? You know, why is that an important part of the you know, good morning? I know that this is only for the time being, and then you're going to take it back home. So he says, kiloma. What we're saying is, being that we recognize every morning, you blew the soul into me. You gave me life again today. You're taking it back home. We, we, we recognize every morning that our being here is transient. 
We're here. We're, you know, we're, we've been given our soul, and the soul is here for now, and then it's going to leave and go back. So therefore, me'ata ani moisra umachzira loch liyachta ba'achduscha. That even now when it's here, it's I, I I fully give it over to you to become to be one with you. Now I recognize it never. It's not mine. It's something that I have. I've been given. It's going to go back to spend time with you, and it's here on a mission. But I never, I never want it to be separated from that oneness, from its bond with you. Ukemoshekasov, as we say later in the evening, Elecha Hashem Nafshi Esa. To you, Hashem, my nefesh, my soul, I raise up. I don't want my soul here to be in any way disconnected from you. I understand it comes from you, is going to you. I want it always to be bound with you. And how is that done? How is my soul still connected with you while I'm in this world? Through connecting my thoughts with your thoughts, which is Torah, my words with your words, when we say the words of Torah, when we say the words of Damani, we're connecting our, our speech with Hashem. Especially when we're davening and we're addressing Hashem directly, Kimo Baruch Every time we say Baruch blessed are you, we are directly addressing Hashem. Ukehai Gamna and the life throughout davening and, and Torah and mitzvahs, what we're doing is we're making sure that that connection is always one, is always unified with Hashem. I heard recently a mushal, I don't know if I shared it here. Someone said, he said that uh, a way of looking at our neshama and guf situation, our, neshama, our soul and body, he says a guy comes into uh, has to fly into a town to do business. So you rent a car and you're there for a week or two or three, whatever it is, and you use the car and you go wherever you are. And then at the end you you drop the car back off in the rental place and you head back onto the plane and you go back home. He says, So our neshama comes into this world and the our body is a car, is a, is a is like a vehicle through which the neshama does whatever it has to do in this world. And then it finishes the job after 70 years or 80 or 90 or 100 and you know brings the car back and, and goes back to where it came from. Now the understanding, what we have to understand is our neshama comes from somewhere and is going somewhere and is here for a mission. And that's what he's saying over here. We say that every morning when we dive in. We say, thank you Hashem for giving me my neshama. You're going to take my neshama from me. I never want that neshama to be disconnected from you. Now, I think you're going to ask now, to see oh, yeah. your eyes, okay. that, no, but we have a mission with the guf. We have a mission with the body. And that's a good point. The muscle is not a perfect muscle. No, but, but, but the, 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 goof is, the goof is just the vehicle. For so, so the neshama, the neshama really is has... That, the, is that minimizing the goof in the sense that the goof in this world is the merkava of the neshama? Mm-hmm. But the way that I understand it is that the, in the future, after Tineasimesim, the goof is actually the acre and the shumper right, at the top. Right, right, right. So now you're going, you're going into uh, deep waters. Ah. Um, this is a great um, debate amongst the early Torah authorities of what's the end game. Well, you know, after everything. I thought the end game is there's no goof. Oh, so, okay, we have our debate played out right yeah. here in the room. <laughs> right? So I said great Torah authorities. Right? Yeah. So we have... You know, so we're in this world and we're doing tournaments. And we this pass is a Ramba. Is this a Ramba versus Ramba? Excellent, excellent. So we... we uh, are you showing off tonight or something? No, no, no. <laughs> so, I might have actually learned this recently. That's why. So, we, um, so we, uh, we do everything and then we pass away. We know. And Mashiach comes. We know that. And there's Chiyos HaMesim. We know that. But what's 
after all? Like, where does all this lead to? So one opinion, one, one thought process is, at the end, end, all the goof, all the bodies will be finished, and all the neshamas will live for, with Hashem forever. And that's Rambam, that's Maimonides. Maimonides writes that the ultimate, ultimate greatest reward and ultimate goal is this total spiritual world where spiritual love spiritual and neshamas feel God, and that's the end. That's Rambam, Maimonides. Nachmanides, Ramban, who is a disciple, or saw himself as a disciple of Rambam, I don't think he ever saw him, but he's the next generation. But Nachmanides says no. He says the end game is uh, resurrection of the dead, people living in this world, a total spiritual holy life connected to Hashem. And that's a great debate. At the end of the day, body is the body going to be around or not going to be around? Is it going to be a is it going to be a world as we know it, just totally holy and spiritual, connected to Hashem? But does that mean the goof will, in essence, be all neshama? No, that will be a goof. It will be combined of the neshama Basically and the goof. But it will be a very spiritual. Your soul, you wear your soul outside. Like, like it's, ex, it's almost like exposed. Okay, I'm not sure what you mean by that. But yeah, in other words, it will be blue bodies. The bodies won't necessarily, at some so, point, so, not, so not necessarily will they have to eat exactly. Maybe they'll be able to um, be satiated just from the Ziv HaShchina and so on and so forth. But the point of the Ramban is the body is not like the car that you drop off in the rental place and then you move on and the body gets you know, forgotten forever. And Kabbalah and Hasidus comes down totally on the Ramban, on the Nachmanidi side. Really? Yes, that there will be a goal. No, that's that uh, many cases, but not in this case. In this case, and again, it's a great debate, uh, and Rambam and Ramban are as authoritative as you come. They come out with the Ramban and say, I think that the Tiferes Yisrael, so he goes into, um, basically there is, um, concerning the subject of evolution, so the kind of said the best word on the subject, not for evolution, against evolution, was the Lubavitcher Rebbe. He wrote the best treatises on it. That it's not correct, and what do you call this? Like you knew Chaim Zerman? Yeah, so I'm just. Okay. okay. I didn't. I heard about a lot about him, and I know he was close to the I never actually met him. Right. Okay. He was close to. They were close. He asked his. According to Chaim Zerman, the Rebbe asked the Shimon in Kabbalah. He consults with Chaim Zerman. He was a Rosh in Skokie at some point. He told he was from out. Well, like everyone. At some point. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. That is why you should go to the Nisimba. <laughs> that, that's why Ali didn't take. Uh, anyway, so what, what, what were you saying about the first show? Oh, so he mentioned that the best, the, the best work, best on the subject pro-evolution, okay, generally is frowned upon in the Olam Hayyishivas that they don't like it, but that the Tiferes Yisrael gives the best argument pro-evolution. Okay. And he's and he says, okay, as far as it, it doesn't it doesn't really make such a difference. It said it doesn't make such a difference if how a Kodesh created through a, a system of evolution or he, or he do what he call a system directly and what he call the things like that. Okay. Like, it's not to what he call it um which is more which is correcting that depends on the um the tire sources and it depends with the sign of us progress okay but, but how does that relate we're talking not about evolution we're oh, talking so about what the, at the end of the time was was talking about kabbalah mm-hmm. he was taking a kabbalistic approach the diverse israel to ferris israel okay um he has in 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 ferris israel mishnah he's at the back he has a uh on it and and he he mentions the possibility again that 
it will it will wind up with a, with oilam neshamos. Right. Even okay. though it's al pikabol, and he doesn't, he's not machmiya hundred percent that it's I'm going to call it. Up. Okay. Okay. I'm, That's, so I, was, um, I hear you. I hear you. So I can't. I'm not proficient with that. I don't know. But I do know that in def, definitely you Kabata... Heard of, you heard of Of course. You know because from, from the Rebbe. Basically, yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, he was in 770. He was in New York. People knew him. I mean, right. He would come. He would meet with the Rebbe. He was a tremendous right. guy. Right. Tremendous Torah genius. Right. Genius. Right. Genius. 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 General, genius. Right. Yeah. From right. Chicago? Yeah, he was in Chicago. Then later he was in Israel, I believe. He moved to Israel. Correct. Ultimately. Right. One of my Rosh Hashivas that I learned by said he was once but dear when this Rukhan Simon had a conversation with the Rebbe. And this Rashiva of mine is a very brilliant man. Well, who is, what was his name? It, 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 his name is Rabbi Sorel Friedman. He's an elderly year today in New York. Oh. So he said he was there when they were talking. He says he couldn't, couldn't, follow. couldn't follow. He said, mm-hmm. and he was, he was, my was a Bucky Bishas and everything. He said, there's no way. He says they were just, they, were, they didn't even, art, they just threw out um, references. Like, but but the Gemara says, in, uh, you know, you vomit that. He said, yeah, yeah, but, but there's a Rambam in there. He says, he tried, he tried, but he says, there's no way. Yeah. He couldn't. So he, so, he would talk about that conversation. So, he says, so recently, he recently I was learning the, the, the uh, Shark Mool, and he says the ultimate, now, I don't know exactly know how it plays into whether it's physical or spiritual, but he says in Olam Haba, the ultimate thing, the goal is you basically learn Hashem's wisdom, Hashem's Chachmah. Okay. The ultimate Olam Haba is understanding Hashem. Okay. That, and there's more understanding in Olam Haba, and that's... You can only grow Haba. more and more. I mean, that's that's sort of across the board. Everyone seems to agree with that. Right. Ram, so Ram, 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 Ram. Goal, that's what I'm saying. Fundamentally, the goal is the same. Right. I mean, right. The, that, that's not the question of physical or spiritual. I mean, Rambam writes that, everyone writes that, that ultimately, a Neshama wants to understand more and gaze more and come closer to Hashem, and that's the ultimate uh, tainu, the ultimate pleasure of a Neshama. The question is, will that be in Hashem the way it is in the body, or not in the way it is better? That's where the that's where the debate lies. Again, definitely the opinion of Chasidus Chabad of the Tanya and Chasidus Chabad good. is it ultimately being a goof? Yes, um, and based on a medrash that the ultimate kavana, the ultimate purpose of Hashem is to have a dwelling place in this world. Um, and Hashem created this world for the ultimate. Uh, that's the ultimate plan. That this world should be a world of perfection, a world of holiness. Also, after which brings us third base in Mikdash, which can't be destroyed. So then. So that all leans in that direction. Yeah. That's correct. That's correct. Um, just a uh, question. You're talking about this Shittas of the Rambam, that the end goal is talking about uh, in Olam Neshamos. So didn't we start off as a Neshamos? So again, so being put in the world is for what purpose? Again, the Neshamos through the body gets a high elevation. And then why again... You're asking, um, what, what would be the logic? Then there's and things like that. So why again is he... I just started the end point. Right. So, it, so it's a good question, and I don't know all the answers to all the questions. It would seem that that logic is that a neshama proves itself through maintaining its integrity and its kedusha even when it's in the world. So Hashem sent it in this world, and you know, with all the different... Uh, you know, uh, challenges and all the different tests and, and so on and, and so forth. And later on, it's going to be challenge after Tchiesa Mason, it's going to be challenges more or less? Or no, no, Tchiesa Mason is a reward. According to the Rambam, so Tchiesa Mason being that the goof was so much involved in the Avodos, it has to be rewarded. So therefore, there's Tchiesa Mason. You're saying Rambam. Rambam. Yeah. According to Rambam, the reason why the goof has to come back for Tchiesa Mason is a reward. Because it worked hard, and Hashem repays everyone for their work. So, so the repayment for the goof is that it comes back and it has a wonderful experience in Tchiyas HaMesim. 
Yeah. But ultimately, ultimately, the ultimate so why, uh, form ultimately, ultimately, after Tchias HaMesa. So after Tchias HaMesa, the people, he will live forever? Or then, no, it's so going to be back. And, and you're so saying ultimately, ultimately, you seem to imply like the Tchias HaMesa. So this is a cycle many times. No, 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 I, I didn't mean that. The Rabbah? Oh, I didn't mean that. I meant, oh, I mean, even, we have the present world, and then there's Ganeidan, a person passes away. Anyone, anyone in the last 2,000 years, 3,000, passed away, right? So there's Ganeidan. Then there is Mashiach is coming. Then there is Chiyas HaMesim. All of this is according to all opinions, right? Rambam is, uh, writes the 13 principles of faith, the 13th being Chiyas HaMesim. So until there is equal according to everyone, that there's this world, there's Ganeidan, there's Mashiach, there's Chiyas HaMesim. The question is, is there a point after that? Where Tchiyas HaMesim well, finishes. Tchiyas HaMesim, are they going to die again? Right. Yeah. Right. And then be brought again another Tchiyas HaMesim? No, 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 no. And no. then eventually be Eilon Nishamas? No, I didn't say that. Oh, okay. Just that after Tchiyas HaMesim, which will last for I don't know how long, then, according to Rambam, at some point, everyone sort of graduates just to Ruchnes. And then the bodies get lost, and then it's just a time of Nishamas with Hashem. So they have, Rambam, they, have that, they have that debate going on. There's that debate that goes on. I know the Ramban says something to the fact that that there's two judgments. There's when you pass, you have a judgment that's for Gan Eden. Mm-hmm. Whether you go to Gehenna or Gan Eden, that's a prose door for the Olam Haba. Mm-hmm. And then there's another judgment that happens before Olam Haba. Like you have so there's a question whether you have Tchiyas and then a judgment or a judgment and then Tchiyas and like who gets that? And that's another judgment of whether or not you're going to go to Olam Haba. So people who get Ghanaian don't necessarily get Olam Haba. Two separate things. And the reason is because it's you don't know that... All, after that, Olam Shamas is Ghanaian. Well, like I'm saying, the, the, well that, there's, again, these are all debates that exist, but the, the way that I understood it is that you're judged on your life that you had here, this one, but you don't know the net effect of all your decisions until Olam Haba time. And then you're judged on the, the accumulation of, of good or bad based on what you've done in this world. Or your Gilgulam, I guess. I assume that maybe it's a compilation of it all. So you're saying even according to Rambam, <coughs> after Tchias Mesim, mm-hmm. when there's you get your goof, eventually even that goof goes away. That's the Rambam's opinion. Yeah. That's the Rambam's opinion. Yeah, that's the opinion. Versus according to Rambam, that states. That's 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 it. it. That's it. Right. Okay, okay then but the, then the other question is on the other side, according to the Rambam. Um, Oh, I was going to ask you, you asked the question about what, why the person suffers here and all that stuff. So I was say that part of the person's life, the reason that we, why we wouldn't skip and go to the spiritual stage in the beginning is that the way I understand is Hashem wanted to introduce the concept of tshuva. And they wouldn't have been able to give the concept of tshuva until it was the first chayt or shir sakelem, whatever, that, that existed in the world. So that was that was like the way to introduce tshuva, the idea of tshuva into the world. That idea couldn't have been understood without creating the world we have today. Or also soul. It could be just spiritual and have tshuva. Souls can't, souls by themselves can't do chesed, right? Could souls do chesed? Good question. I'm saying maybe maybe that is the ultimate purpose. Because, you know... Can't the, do a lot of mitzvahs without a physical body. Can't do any of the mitzvahs. Can't do any, any mitzvahs. I mean, Ultimately, see, here's a, there's a lot of debates in Jewish um, philosophy, and I, I don't have everything in my head to uh, you know put it set it up here. The Hasidic approach, Hasidic, based on the writings of the Arizal and based on the standard Kabbalah, is that ult- Hashem's ultimate purpose was that we should come into this world 
And in this world, Dafka, we have the ability to bring the very essence of Hashem, and that's through Torah and Mitzvahs. Through Torah and Mitzvahs that can only be performed by a physical body in a physical world. Um, interesting piece of information. This coming week is the Alter Rebbe's Yortzeh. Um, this is, I believe it's going to be on Monday night, Tuesday, is the 24th of Tavis. And Alter Baltania passed away, 24th of Tavis. Um, and it's interesting, the last thing that he wrote, he wrote prolifically throughout his lifetime and very you know, good works. Um, but the very last thing he wrote is actually, it's in the fourth section of Tanya, and it's the, tw- it's the 20th letter. The fourth section of Tanya is a compilation of his letters. And the letter number 20, is what he wrote much before he passed away. And he passed away in a very tumultuous time. He was, he was on the run. He was running from Napoleon. Right, There's a whole interesting history because Al-Tarebi really um, was very against Napoleon and he had his chassidim actually working for the Tsar against Napoleon. And Napoleon had then invaded into Russia and he was chasing Al-Tarebi. Napoleon was chasing Al-Tarebi, was, was, was fleeing Napoleon. And there traveling is where he got very sick suddenly and he passed away. And Mitzvah Shabbos, the 24th of Tavis. But as he's traveling, the last days of his life, he's writing this idea. And what was that idea that he was involved with the last days of his life? Why is it that mitzvahs have to be done dafka with physical things? And why Hashem's ultimate goal and ultimate kavana is dafka in Gashmi, is dafka in the physical? And there he writes that, that all of the ruchnis, all the spiritual levels and there's so many different worlds and angels and everything, all of that are only what he calls revelations of Hashem, rays of Hashem. The essence of Hashem, that all of the ruchni, all the spiritual levels and angels and, and spheres and oilamis, he says, are all called giluyim, revelations of Hashem. But they're not the essence of Hashem. The essence of Hashem can only be revealed in a physical body, in the physical world, through Torah and Mitzvahs in, in a physical world. And that's what he wrote, Mamash, before he passed away. It was seen as a, like a, a high point of his writings. Um, the super importance, and where Hashem has invested himself, Dafka, in this physical world. And that's, that definitely follows the Ramban's approach and definitely follows that approach that the ultimate um, kavana is a dira, a dwelling place for Hashem in the physical world as he created it. However, having said all that, that doesn't mean that we are supposed to be uh, physically oriented and our whole life about our physicality and involved. We can never bring spirituality to the physical if we ourselves are very materialistic and physical people. When we learn and when we down we do a mitzvah, we're trying to be spiritual. So here we have the interesting, almost like a what's the word? A paradox. We're here to affect and bring holiness to a physical world by being spiritual people, by by focusing on the spiritual, by not becoming overly materialistic. And when we're learning and we're davening and we're focusing now on the words of tefillah, focusing on the words of Torah, focusing on a mitzvah, we're trying to draw closer to Hashem. And in that way, through us, bring Hashem into the world. And that's why he calls all Torah mitzvahs Mesiras Nefesh, going back um, to our time here, what we're learning here. He says that really whenever we're doing a mitzvah, what we're doing is right now we're saying, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm right now investing myself totally into the Ruchnius, the spirituality, in the words of the Torah, in the words of the Tefillah, in the mitzvah that I'm doing. And therefore he says, and let's read it together a little bit further. Um, I'm, I'm about ten lines down now on the page. The line begins with the word Kimo, middle of the line. Says, With this preparation of giving ourselves over to Hashem, 
That's how we start our brachas in the morning. We say, Baruch Atah, blessed are you, Hashem. With this preparation is how we should begin learning our shir. A person is supposed to have a designated shir after davening. Because the point is he's saying whenever he davens or learns, you should take a minute before and I'm thinking, I'm doing this to give myself over to Hashem. For a minute. But just, so to say, so to say, so to speak, to set myself up for what I'm doing. He says, the same as the middle of the day. Yes, yes. Specifically, here he's talking about Torah and Tefillah. But it applies to mitzvahs. Here specifically, he says, throughout the day, nobody's talking about learning. Before a person starts learning, I have a share, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, 8 o'clock at night, whenever it is. A person has to at least have take that moment and say, I'm doing this because I want to connect to Hashem. Like we said, in the morning of davening, Hashem gave me a neshama, will take my neshama. Even while I'm here, I want to be connected. Now, whenever we talk about lishma, that we have to do things lishma, l'shem shamayim, are we supposed to be thinking l'shem shamayim the entire time while we're doing something? Let's say I'm learning a piece of Gemara. Am I supposed to think l'shem shamayim, l'shem shamayim? Then I'll never understand what I'm learning. Only if right? you're a really good person. I'm sorry? Only if you're a really good person. There's no good or bad. You have to focus on what you're learning. You have to focus on what you're doing. Right, so when is the kavana? Practically speaking, when is the kavana? Before you do it. Before you do it. He says, as is known, she'ikir ha'achana lishma la'akev. The primary hachana, a preparation of lishma, is betchilas halimud bebeinim. By the average person, regular person, at the beginning, beginning of learning, this is what I'm going to be doing. And he says that's also halachic concept. There are certain things halachically that have to be written lishma. For example, a sefer Torah. The scribe has to write the Sefer Torah, L'Shem, Kedusha Sefer Torah. But he's not thinking about Kedusha Sefer Torah the whole time while he's writing. What's he thinking about? Making the hay straight, making the tough straight. So when does the sofer say L'Shem, Kedusha Sefer Torah? When he starts. And then he writes for an hour, whatever it is, all based on that Lishma that he said. He says, or, or, or a get, a divorce document. Divorce is very strict. The Pasuk says, because of law, the Gemara says it has to be Lishma. But you're not sitting a whole time writing the get, Lashem, Lashem, this man, this woman, at the beginning. He says, beget Torah, like for a get or a Sefer Torah, Lishma la'akev. Those things halachically must be Lishma, otherwise they're invalid. Vidayoy, it's enough. Shayoymar betchila saksiva. It's enough that a person says in the beginning of the writing, Hareni koisev Lashem Kedusha Sefer Torah. I'm writing this for the sake of the Kedusha of a Sefer Torah. Or when writing a get, Lashmo v'Lashmo. I'm writing for the sake of this man and this woman. Chulu, etc. So therefore, the same thing is when we learn Torah and we want to be learning Lishma, so what it means is I take a moment before I start learning that I am learning in order to connect my Neshama with Hashem. There's a bracha that you say before you learn uh, from the Gemara. Right, so, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. The, but that's, that, that's, that's, more, that's more of a different thing. That's more a, a special request that I shouldn't make mistakes make mistake, right? and I shouldn't do a halacha incorrect. So most, most things... Well, for everything, but most things we say the bracha before we do the action. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like Hanukkah candles, yeah. we say the bracha. Well, many of things like Shabbos, can, Shabbos uh, uh, candles, where the woman lights and then says the bracha. Right? The Shabbos candles. Right, right, right. That has to do with Kabbalah Shabbos. That's right, really the technicality of Kabbalah Shabbos. But in general, the halacha, the Gemara says that all mitzvah saruch levarich alehem over lasiyosam. The halacha is mitzvahs, typically the bracha has to precede the mitzvah, and there are exceptions, like Nitilas Yudayim is an exception, because we first got to wash our hands, because we couldn't make the bracha before we washed our hands, or, you know, going to mikvah. Why? Why, yeah. 
because because you're unclean. Because you're unclean. Oh, you got, you got to wash your hands to make the bracha. So you can't you make the bracha before. So those who have to make a bracha will make it before. 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 But again. But again. But. Okay, because mik- mik- so the same thing until she's dying. That's not, not, not the same thing. That's not the same thing. Because mikvah doesn't. A woman makes a bracha before tefillin, or in the times you know in the besamikdash where a person had to become tahor to go into besamikdash. I mean that type of tara. But when it comes to gerus, for example, a gayer makes the bracha afterward because he wasn't Jewish. He wasn't Jewish before. It's a whole sugi. It's a sugi in the beginning of the Sachim, A whole daf gemara about brachas and everlasiyasan and exceptions and the tesis and the rambam. It's it's a big sugi. But the point, though, is, in general, lishma has to be done before, and that carries you through. And now he says an interesting thing. If you don't mind, I'm trying to rush up, because I want to finish the chapter. I think this is our fourth uh, or fifth year on the Perik. I want to finish it up, if we can, in the few minutes left to us. But he says an interesting thing. He says, if a person is learning two, three hours straight, <clears throat> that's something most people don't do. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's hard. Even a yeshiva bar, to learn, like, straight, for an hour or two or three. But he says, a person learned two, three hours. So you had the Kavanah Lashma in the beginning, right? He says, Kabbalistically, you should really stop every hour to re-reboot, to do the, to have a Kavanah that I'm doing this Lashem Shemai, to connect to Hashem. And why is that? He says a very fascinating thing. Now, this is something that most of us don't even know exists. But he says, every hour of the day, there's a different divine energy in this world that that divine energy is giving chayis, is giving energy to everything going on. At the end of the hour, that divine energy goes back up to Hashem with all of the avodah and all the Torah, everything that happened in this hour, and a new energy starts over. So ideally, we should once an hour, um, you know, check in, making sure that our to make sure our kavanah lishma is, is going well. And that's uh, something again. We just live in the world; we don't know what's going on, energies and things. But people who know are able to actually feel what's going on. Interesting, the Balatanya when he was in jail. So they were constantly testing him. They were, the communists, this is 200 and something years ago, and they, they knew he was a great man, but there was... So there were all different types of tests to see his wisdom. One of the things they did is they put him into a room that there was no light whatsoever. Zero. And then, at some point, they walked into him and they said, uh, after a couple of days, why aren't you sleeping? It's the middle of the night. And he looks at them and says, it's not the middle of the night, it's a quarter after two in the afternoon. Hmm. So they said, how do you know? He says, because based on the divine energy of the hour, I know exactly what time it is. You know, I don't need an alarm clock. So, but, you know, most people don't know that. But he says that here. So he says, <coughs> When a person learns for many hours uh, consecutively, a person should reflect on this preparation every hour. Why? Every hour there's a new... Energy from the higher worlds, lahachius tachtoinim, to give life and vitality to the lower worlds. Vamshachas hachayis shebishah lefonel chizeres lemekira. The energy that came down in the previous hour ascends back to heaven at the end of the hour. Besod, and this is the secret of Ratzel v'Shuv that's discussed in the book of Yitzira, the earliest book of Kabbalah. Im kol hatera amaisim toivim shalach tachtoinim. So it goes back up at the end of the hour with all of the Torah and good deeds that happen in this world. Every hour, the ruling force in this world is one of the tzirufim, one of the, um, uh, what's the word, tziruf, the way it's put together. The, I'll explain in a moment. 
every na- every word in Hebrew has different sirufa and means the different ways the letters come together. Um, did you ever see any of the Sephardic sidurim that have like Hashem's name written with the letters in different formations? The different the, formations, the hay is, like is big and the yud is on this side or the yud is on that side. Basically, Hashem's name can be formed and written up in many different ways. Each way is a different type of energy. So there's 12 ways that the name yud Vavki can be written up. And there's 12 names for Elohim, 12 ways for Elohim. The 12 ways of Yudke Vavka are the 12 hours of the day, and the 12 of Elohim are the 12 hours of the night. Each one is a different form of divine energy that brings highest energy into this world. And that's what he says here. Bechal every hour. Sholei, the ruler in this world, is Siruf Echad, one way of putting together Yudbe Siruf Eshem Avaya Baruchu, are the 12 forms of, of the name Yudke Vavke. Be in the twelve hours of the day. Shem Adnai. I'm sorry, I made a mistake. I said Elokim. It's the name Adnai. Aleph Belaila as this is known. Now, some people wonder who it's known to, but he means known to the people who know. I guess. Point is that we are learning Torah. We're davening with our kavana. Is we want to connect to Hashem. We want to focus in on the soul over the body, and that's why he calls him a serious nefesh. And he says that's something we should think about a moment before we daven, before we learn, and if we're doing it for hours on end. Every hour reboot is basically what he's saying. He finishes the chapter with the following statement. He says, One's entire intention when one is thinking about giving their nefesh, their soul to Hashem, connecting to Hashem. To bring up, to elevate the spark of godliness within ourselves to Hashem. Says Tehei Rak should only be for. And this is a point we talked about in the past, and the point he keeps on coming back to. When whatever we do, we want to connect to Hashem. We want to connect to Hashem. So there is the aspect of that of because it's good for me. I, you know, Hashem is the best place to be connected to. So in a sense, there's a certain spiritual selfishness going on here. I want to connect to Hashem. I want to learn Torah and connect. I want to do mitzvahs and connect. Says the Alter Rebbe, there should be an overriding thought to that, which is Kedei Lasos Nachas Ruach Lefanav Yisbarich. We want to connect to Hashem to give Hashem nachas because Hashem wants us to be connected to Him because we're His children. Kimashal, as the mashal of Simcha Samelech, the Simcha that one is able to bring the king, when you bring the, the king's child back home, the child was in captivity and we take the child out of captivity, as explained earlier in Tanya. And therefore he says, when I'm thinking, I want to learn Torah to connect to Hashem, I'm doing mitzvahs to connect to Hashem, it shouldn't just be because that will make me feel good. It's because that will make Hashem feel good. Because I am a child of Hashem. My soul is wound up in a body with all different types of issues and temptations and whatever. And when I do Torah, my soul is reconnecting to Hashem, giving Hashem tremendous simcha for my avodah. And this kavana, this intention is very true. It's the true desire of a yid. Bechal nefesh misrael in every soul of a Jew, bechal esu, bechal shah, in every time, in every period, in every place. Me'ava hativis from that natural love that we have for Hashem. Shehi Yerusha lanu me'aviseinu, which is an inheritance to us from our ancestors. Rakshetzarich lekvaya itim. It's just we have to designate times. Lehisboinin bigdulas Hashem to reflect on the greatness of Hashem. Lahasig to under to attain. Dechilu rechimu sichliim. Fear and love that are also intellectual, based on understanding. The more we work on it, the more we think about it. So he says, we're able to reach, step by step, every person on their own. As we explained earlier, how this works. Yeah. So that's how he finishes off. Yeah, yeah. So we're off uh, next week.
Um, yeah, so it seems.